0: Well, we are in a series called Abounding in Love. I believe this is part eight. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. It says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. In Amplified it says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that He may strengthen and establish your hearts without blame in holiness in the sight of our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus, with all His saints. Verse 12 says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another. This is something that, I mean, we can always use. This is, uh, you know, God is love, and we're talking about the love of God. And of course, no matter when it was in history, this is something you can always, will always be beneficial. But don't you think you could use as much love as possible in the day and age we live in? And that you can flow in that love and walk in love. Love, walking in God's love, is walking in the power and the, the heart of God in for every situation. And we can... That's something that... Uh, Like I said, it's beneficial no matter what, but when people are searching, when people are unsettled, when the world um, is all over the place, to be settled in the love of God, you can know what to do in every situation because God is love, and if we'll flow with love, we're flowing with Him. Philippians 1 verse 9 says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That your love may abound more and more. So you're increasing, you're growing, you're coming up. In the Amplified it says that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. So that means you're going, to see, you're going to see clearer. How many would say, I see more clearly now than I did you know, five years ago? we're supposed to grow, we're supposed to see better, we're supposed to come up. And it's true in this area, the more you see. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we read it before, the Bible says love never fails. So no matter what's going on, the further you go in life, the further you walk with God, you realize that in every situation, what love would do is the right thing. And we've talked about a number of facets of that. You know, love is what love is and is not. And, you know, it's not a pushover or anything like that. But true love, God's love, is the right way no matter what's going on in every situation. Let's look at 1 Peter 3, verse 8. We read this last week, but let's hook up where we were last week and and continue on. Uh, in this specific vein, we are talking about some of what we say in relation to these things. First Peter three verse eight says, "Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, that you uh, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing." Verse 10, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So if we want our life to go well, one of the things we're going to do is keep our tongue from evil. Keep our lips from speaking deceit. So our mouth has something to do with what we experience in life. Otherwise, it you know, wouldn't say this. It wouldn't say, well, if you want to love life and see good days, it wouldn't say anything about what you say. It would, it, it would be something else, but it wouldn't say that. But obviously, that has something to do. What we say has something to do with what we experience. Ephesians 4, verse 26, read this too. Ephesians 4, 26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So this is talking specifically about what we're saying Verse 30, to you go back to verse 30, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you. Well, would evil speaking be walking in love or not? No, it wouldn't be. If it's evil and God is love, it's, love is not evil. So what we say, it, we, we're supposed to put away anything. That would be evil. Verse 32, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So what we say um, is related to how we're expressing love. You can express love through deed, but you can express love through words. Now, of course, you could say words that sounded like love, but you had no heart behind them. But you meaning it what you say has a lot to do, What you don't have, and not just necessarily saying I love you, but just the way you talk can express love. You can say a phrase and it's loving, it's kind. You can say a phrase and it'd be completely a put down. And you could say the same phrase and your tone of voice can make it sound like you don't care about the person or it can impart kindness in love. So what we say uh, has a lot to do with how we express love. And our words are very important. Now let's go to James 3, verse 1. Just wanted to kind of hook up with where we were to going into where we're going tonight. Um, if you missed some of those messages, you know, the last, well, the whole series, but the last several we've been talking about this, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Covered a lot. It's very practical and affects relationships. A lot of things, regardless of the relationship, but especially close relationships and how this, uh, you know, how our words impact. We're going to talk more about that now, but those, those uh, we covered a lot of ground. James 3 verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man or mature man, also able to bridle the whole body. Now just think about this while we're reading this and while we're talking about words. God is love. We, we looked at like 1 Corinthians and we looked at the definition of, of love and what it is and is not. Well, that would apply to everything we say. Right? If it's talking about right words or bridling your words from saying the wrong thing, the, the standard for what is right, wrong, evil, good, is love. That's the standard. It's not a list of words. And we'll see this. You could say the right thing, but say it wrong, and it's not love. So it's not... You know, it's not like a legalistic thing, well, I didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> just, just that statement <laughs> shows you probably said the wrong thing. You didn't say it in love, which means you were wrong. This isn't like technicality. God is not like, oh, yeah, you, you stayed in the line, so okay, even though you were vicious. <laughs> you said the ra- right thing completely trying to deride somebody, trying to tear them down. No, it's not that. It, God's not fooled. And the devil's not fooled. You're just fooling yourself if you think you can say, you know, skirt something and you're completely saying something with venom, but you're saying the right words. <laughs> you're yielding to the wrong thing. If I do it, I'm yielding to the wrong thing. Doesn't matter what came out, you said the wrong thing. And it's not, it's not a legalistic thing, it is what are you yielding to? If you're yielding to the enemy and the wrong, and it's not love, well, then uh, you're not yielding to God. And so when we're talking about, it says, if anyone does not stumble in word, like again, yeah, that's, not, that's not a list of words. That's not you said the wrong word. It's the spirit behind the words. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man or a mature man, also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So say in the, the tongue, even though it's small, controls your direction in life. It controls the direction of what you're doing in a day. It controls, if you're talking with somebody, and you decide to go into certain territory, you just change your direction. And you change the direction of that relationship for a period of time, or it could be indefinitely. You know, Depending on what you say, you could mess it up for a long time. And it's just, even though it's small, the tongue, small, the Bible says it controls where you go. It controls where a person goes. And it gives a couple examples with the rudder and the bit in the horse's mouth. Um, You could be having a good day and peaceful with somebody, And you say the wrong thing, and I'm not talking about you said the wrong thing so they just get offended. I mean, you stepped in it. You knew you were saying something that you shouldn't. Something was done or said, and you could have sidestepped it, but you decided to wade in. You ever had that where it kind of goes by you in slow motion? You're like, I could just let that go, and you're looking at it, but you you know, you don't. Again, you don't have to raise your hand. Just, just think about the situation. If it's ever happened to you, it's happened to me. I'll, I'll admit it. And you say, you decide, no, you, you know you could you could say the right thing, but you say the wrong thing anyway. You just, well, you just change the direction for a while. Right? Boy, it's quiet. I don't know what it's like out online, but it's quiet here. We, we all, I would dare say everybody's done it, but your tongue is powerful. I mean, you could have kept your mouth shut. And even though your tongue wasn't moving, it was still changing the direction. Because it could have gone somewhere else and you decided not to. So your direction, your direction is still being controlled. It might be you just stayed on the same course. Your boat could have just tipped over, but you just like, you just kept going. And... um, You'll get baited. Uh, Satan's Satan's tricky. And when things are are happening uh, where there's important stuff coming, or something, you know, impactful is about to happen, or, you know, you working with another person is important to the things of God, you watch it. Uh, you can be tempted to get, to say the wrong thing, get out of love, and what he's really going is trying to destroy what's happening next. Get you in an argument, get you cold, so that what you were going to be taken care of doesn't happen. But the the uh, flip side is true as well. You can watch that happen. I mean, I've seen it happen. My own life, I realize, you know, there's certain times where, you know, missed it, said the wrong thing, but there's certain times where you you bypass it and then you saw what was coming and what you were able to accomplish and you realize that would not have happened. We would not have been in a position for that to happen. Maybe something that you're dealing with, um, you know, you're dealing with it at work or something, and there's something coming. You don't even know certain things are going to happen. But if you get out of the mindset, the right the mindset where you're baited to start saying things, maybe you're just frustrated about it, but you're, you're speaking, even if it's yourself. You're speaking. It's changing your direction, and then you're showing up in a meeting, and you realize you're not in the place you should be when stuff starts going down. You're realizing, wait a minute. I, I, I got in the wrong place. I, got in the, I, I, I was saying the wrong things. That what we say in this relation, when we say words that are out of love, uh, they change where we're headed. And they, disrupt, they can disrupt the relationship. Verse 5 says, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest is. A little fire kindles. Anybody know what that's talking about? (laughs) You ever been in a situation where it was just a few words and then you're dealing with the aftermath? It doesn't take much. And that's why... You know, we, we read at the beginning, increasing and abounding in love. Well, we can sidestep more and more of those situations to where we're walking with the Lord. And in, in, it doesn't mean you'll never be tempted. You'd be tempted, but you choose the right thing. You choose. What would God say? What should I do? That means putting our flesh down. But the more we do that, the more we experience God's way in situations. Because He's always got a, a right Way, you know, a a way to get through a situation, get over it. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. (laughs) If you let it, you can yield to the wrong thing and just be spewing stuff. That's straight from the pit of hell toward another person. That's never a good thing. And we'll say more about that in a minute here. Verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Well, obviously, that's not saying you could never walk in that. With God's help, you can. Because the first part of this chapter said, if anyone does not stumble in word, well, that means you're controlling it. But you, as a, in your own self and in your own flesh, with God's help, we can do it. No man can do it, but with God, all things are possible. Verse 9, with it, with the tongue... We bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God, or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Verse 9 says, With it, with the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Saying this, you shouldn't have both things coming out of the same source. In the Amplified Classic, uh, verse 9, says, with it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who were made in God's likeness. In the CEV, it says, my dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our, God, our Lord and Father, and we curse people who were created to be like God, and this isn't right. Now, when it says like God, it means likeness, image, like these other verses, or other um, versions. The, The Passion Translation says, We use our tongue to praise God our Father, and then turn around and curse a person who was made in His very image. So that's not supposed to be where we have... On one hand, we're praising God and then we use our same tongue to cut down somebody that's been made in His image. Now you say, well, they're not a Christian. (laughs) They're still, they're created to be like God and Jesus died for them. And He wants them to come into the family. He wants them to be saved. You know, People, there's so much in the world, uh, so much dissension, so much animosity, <clears throat> and we have to watch that we don't partake of that. And it is tempting. And it is tempting to think, well, you're right, you're a Christian. These people, these heathen, they're making these decisions. They're doing that. They believe this. And they're, they're trying to, you know, make this happen. And act like you have a right to curse them. That's, that's dangerous territory. And to talk about them like they're trash. because And, you think, and Satan's subtle gets you to talk about somebody that you disagree with. Could be politically. Just because we disagree with somebody, and they could be flat out wrong related to the Bible. They're wrong. This verse is still true. There's still somebody that's been created in the image of God, and Jesus died for them. And if we start cursing them, and think we have a right to curse them, we're wrong, and we're yielding to the devil, and we're putting ourselves in the wrong place. Did you hear me? This quiet. Just because you are a Christian does not give you the right to curse people or to judge them. You may get into that more. This is related. We may get into that more later. That's not really our focus. But when you're, when you're, you're saying, well, they're this and that, and they... They don't know, and you're acting like their judge. And you're cursing them. And the Bible says don't do that. Because you give place to the devil when you do that. A person does that. It takes putting their flesh down, and and walking in love is not doing that. People say, well, but but they're doing this. They're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. But now you're wrong. Or if I do, I'm wrong. If I I step in and start berating them, I'm not taking God's side. But it's righteous indignation. (laughs) Well, watch what you're saying. You can be angry, but it says don't sin. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this a while back. Calling them names, calling people names, it's the wrong spirit. Doesn't matter which names you use. Well, this name, these are on the nice list. You know, these are the dumbed down. Well, I'm not using any of these four-letter words. <laughs> it's the same, it's the same spirit. A lot of these are just replacement cuss words. And people think they're okay if they use those. It's the same spirit behind it. Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't sound worse to, to say some of these words, but. When you're, when you, if you're cursing somebody, you're cursing them. You guys okay? It puts us in a bad position. And there's this thing, and Satan would try to get you out, you know, get you to think, well, you, you may not really think this. You, you may not, these thoughts may not go through specifically your mind, but it's like you have a right because you're on the right side. So you have a right to say stuff. Because, you know, these people are going to hell. Yeah, they're going to hell. They need Jesus. But don't, you you step on the wrong side. Now we're we're not working with God. We're we're acting like we're going to take the place. And that's, we're just opening ourselves up to get hit. And when you do that to somebody else, you, you open yourself up. To be judged. So we want to watch what we do, you know, with our mouth. It says we're blessing God, but then on the other hand, we're cursing people. And of course, it goes with somebody that you don't know. How much more the people that you do know? And that are are your loved ones. Well, they don't know. They're this and that. Satan will put thoughts in your head, try to get you to separate from the people that you're supposed to be with, get to to talk about them, get to say the wrong thing. And his objective is to hurt them, to hurt you, to shut anything good down. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Before I go on, I've got to touch, <laughs> go back to the other thing. I wanted to say this because when we were talking about that, you have to be careful about listening to people and emulating them. Now, I was saying the world is so full of this. And we were talking about before speaking evil people. you got to be careful about listening to people that aren't... They may agree with you on certain things, but they're not necessarily Christian and they're not necessarily acting in a godly manner. And... If they're saying certain things, and it, you, you can think this is, I can. That's how I'm reacting. You know, certain people disagree with me or whatever, and you listen to it, and you can react the same way as if that's okay. You get programmed that way. Now, again, we're not talking about being weak. Love is not weak. We're not talking about. Um, Yielding to evil, we're not talking about not standing up. None of that, that has nothing to do with what what we're saying here. And the same thing in any personal relationships. You know, getting to the place where you're putting somebody down is different than being assertive and standing up, being respectful because the person is a human. God Almighty is their creator. You're not being weak, you're not uh, condoning what they do, but you're not falling in the trap of belittling them. Do you see the difference? Amen or oh And that can be a challenge. That can be a, a, a challenge to, you know, you're dealing with, you know, it can ruffle you to the point where you're just like, this is so dumb. And you wanted, you want to say stuff. But when we do that, we go off into the wrong direction. Now we're yielding to the wrong thing. And it puts, it, it, it sets us up. It, it, it gives Satan a foothold. And so now they're wrong, but now you're wrong. That isn't, that doesn't make it okay. That, does, that actually will put us in a bad position. Now let's look at this, um, were we in verse 13? Ephesians 4, 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now talking about uh, the gifts God's put in the body of Christ, and speaking the word, and helping us to grow up. But this applies in general as well. Verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love. In the Amplified, it says, rather let our lives lovingly express the truth. In all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. In the Good News translation, it says, instead by speaking the truth in a spirit of love. So you can say what's true... But do it in love. You know, sometimes (laughs) it's easy to speak something that's true and do it without any consideration for the other person's feelings. And it's not justified to say, uh, well, it's true. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm speaking the truth. But how, what did it do to the other person? How did it make them feel? And not so much feel just out of the blue, but, but what's the consideration? Is it done in love? Again, we're going, you know, we're into this. This is not meant to condemn any of us. This is the standard of the Word. And the Word will slap you upside the head sometimes. It will. I mean, it'll be like, Okay. If you're gonna go on with God, you will be. We will be. There be sometimes we go in, and we get corrected. Just in general, I mean, the Word. What we're dealing with on, you know, this this tonight is can be like okay, but it's the truth. It's not that any of us walks it perfectly. That all has it all together. We're we're. That's the thing. When you when you're, you're dealing with the Word of God, it's the perfect standard and none of us are going to walk everything out perfectly, but it can shed, shed the light and say, wait a minute, because it's so easy to be conformed to the way the world acts and start thinking this is okay. And even if, 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 you know, people say, well, you know, Christians acting certain ways, it doesn't mean it's okay, and it doesn't mean it's going to be the best way for us. So in our lives, when we're dealing with, with our, our loved ones, you know as well as I do, you can know what's true. You know that they have a deficiency in this area because you knew it before, you know, if you got married, you knew before you married them probably. But you kind of said, eh, (laughs) it's not that big a deal because look at all, you know, look at these earth things and you're like, we'll fix that later. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. You could be honest. I mean, you know that's the way it is. But then it's like, wait a minute, we act, now later, I, what, I actually have to deal with this? You haven't changed yet? <laughs> I thought we'd have this fixed by now. And it's easy to say, the, you know, well, this is just truth. You're, you're this way. Okay. Probably true, but how did we say it? And it's easy to say something that's true, uh, but be not nice about it. And that you might as well have just said something that's mean, because it is mean. Doesn't help. I mean, and then you flip that. And somebody say, "Well, I just I just speak the truth." Well, sh- turn that on yourself for several months, and then come say, "How how does that feel?" Because that can blow up stuff really easy in a relationship. Close relationships, anybody. Well, I I just speak, this is just the truth. Well, the Bible says to speak the truth in love. That that means also with humility. Knowing that, well, there's there's some true things about you that you don't necessarily want spouted that way. Me, we don't like that. It's a lot easier to give out the truth or, you know, your opinion, criticism, but it's a lot harder to take it unvarnished. not saying you sugarcoat stuff, but these are considerations. We're talking about walking in love very practically. A lot of stuff comes through what we say. And if we're just throwing it out, well, you just ought to be able to take it. Well, you know, that's not, we're not necessarily showing consideration for the other person. Walking in love is how is this going to affect the other person? Maybe I just don't need to say anything. Maybe it's not the best time to say it. Maybe it's the right thing to say, but the timing is absolutely wrong, and it actually won't help anybody, but I, you know, if I say it anyway, I just blow stuff up, and now any good that would have come from it is missed out. Then, then stuff actually goes backwards, and so then, then I just lost my chance. If it was true, if it was going to help, where's the best way to help? Because if I say it at the wrong time, now not only is it blowing up now, guess what's going to happen next time I bring that up? I lost the chance now, and I lost the chance I'm going to have to tiptoe. How am I going to get back to the same place? Whereas if I would have waited and maybe brought it up when it's the right time, I could do it without, maybe there's not emotion, there's not anything, and you could actually do it in love, and it could actually stand a chance of being... Constructive. But if we just say, oh, well, I'm just going to say it now, watch that. That can put you back hours, days, weeks, months. We're all coming up. But Satan, when you feel a pressure to say something, that's not God. This, Just say it. You know, just, well, I'm just going to say it. That's not God. No, the devil will push you. The enemy will just try to poke you. No, just, just get it. Just say it. You know that. Just throw it in there. And he's trying to destroy. He's trying to hinder. We as Christians have a job. We have a role in this earth. We have an enemy. And he is trying to hinder us from achieving. And one way he does it is by getting our relationship. If we, if we we're talking about words, but if we get out of love with the people around us, we become ineffective. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how talented you are, doesn't tell me how much your resources are. Doesn't matter how good you are at something. If the people close around you are in strife, you're in strife, you become ineffective. You might as well just knock your IQ down, taking your resources out because you, you cannot function well, at that point, husband and wife, you're only as good as your relationship. Yes. And if it becomes cold, you become ineffective. You, you you can't you can't move forward. You can't do what you're supposed to do. That that if you're working together, that that you know in whatever capacity, whether you're working together all the time, whether you're working together at home, whether you're working together with the kids, uh, it becomes. Grinding instead of smooth becomes now jerky, you know, because there's no love. Blew it up. And Satan, that's why he targets, tries to get people out of love, get you to say the wrong thing, not just so he can go goody-goody, got you to say it, woohoo. It's because it, it can stop any progress. Stop you from being a witness. People, you know, you don't live your life for other people, but as a uh, Christian, we are seen and people do watch. And so when we get, if we're getting in arguments all the time, people look at it and go, I don't, I don't particularly want what you have. You, look, you sound just like the people that I saw on the reality TV show. arguing. What we say... Is, is so important, and, and as Christians and as believers flowing with the Spirit of God, our words are to be what He would say. And that's, the more we'll yield to Him, the more we'll say that's true. We miss it. We say the wrong thing. Like we talked about. We make it right. As quickly as possible get back on the right track, get back on the place where God, uh, we're right with God, we're right with the people around us so we can go on. God is faithful to help us and if we've said the wrong thing, the best thing, admit it, say it was the wrong thing, swallow our pride, say I shouldn't have said that, forgive me, Go on, may take a little bit. May have to deal with some stuff we wouldn't have had to deal with had we just kept our mouth shut. Sometimes keeping our mouth shut is golden. The best thing we could possibly do, just say nothing. You can't say something ni- nice, just keep, keep our mouth shut. Sometimes the hardest thing in the world to do. But we just saved ourselves countless amount of time, days, months, what, whatever, by just, being quiet, that can be a godly response. But if we do miss it, we just get it right. We say what we need to say. We go on so that we can keep moving with Him. And God is so merciful. He's so forgiving. He's so good. And He'll work with us. And the more we, we walk like that, then we'll realize He works with the other person too. Or other people. As flawed as they are, He works with me. And we can know each other's faults, but we can work with each other. We can learn to to speak more, um, speaking the truth in love, not speaking the truth just to to blow stuff up and go forward with him. Amen. He's got good stuff. There's always good things that are down the road, and, and Satan is always trying to blow it up. You have something just going really good, just so good with, with, with somebody. Just, just watch because there's certain things. try to get you, blow it up. He doesn't like that. Doesn't like that with any relationship. Doesn't like peace and harmony. He seeks to destroy and seeks to blow it up. Seeks because he can derail that way.